When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. On with me, of course, is Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. No guests on today's Talk of Champions, but got two planned, I think, for Thursday, including Thomas Dillard, who just got promoted to Double A Biloxi with the Brewers. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions in Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and Food247 Sports. As you're listening on this Tuesday morning, if you missed anything from practice on Monday, if you go to the Ole Miss Spirit right now, we've got about eight content items up just from yesterday and eight more to come probably from today as well. So if you want to go check out everything happening at fall camp, just go to the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and Food247 Sports. Brad, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? So what did you think about the first couple of days of fall camp? Um, it looked like they were off to a really good positive start. It was cool to see um, see some of the comments from from Kiffin in regards to – or Matt Corral in regards to um, him and John Rice kind of being on the same page early, potentially just because John Rice kind of – kind of knows what the um what the quarterback's looking for and looking at i thought that was really cool content and um yeah man and, and then you got the positive news with the team being 100 percent vaccinated which is um which is you know could, could only help us going forward with um you know potentially not getting any games canceled or, and, and you know being as safe as possible so we can't play this season no that's the biggest thing because we're going to touch on a lot of things with fall camp but i want to hit on that one thing that was a real concern leading up to fall camp over the last couple of weeks was the lack of vaccinated players on Ole Miss. Now, let's not make this a political discussion. It's not. Let's specifically talk about how it pertains to Ole Miss football. Regardless of where you fall on the spectrum, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant to this discussion. It has everything to do with how it impacts Ole Miss football. And had they not gotten 85%, they weren't even close two weeks ago, then they were going to have to forfeit some games if they did not met the more stringent protocols. So it says something not only about the players and their willingness to listen to the information, make their own decisions, but also the leadership of Lane Kiffin. And if I'd have told you that Lane Kiffin was going to lead the way in this years ago, before he became Ole Miss's head coach, that there was going to be a once-in-a-generation pandemic and a leading voice in college football was going to be Lane Kiffin. And before you knew he was going to be Ole Miss's football coach, you would have been like, no way, no way. Nick Saban, I can buy that. Lane Kiffin, no. There's no way that Lane Kiffin's going to be that guy. And yet here we are. And he led the way because Mississippi, the state of Mississippi, 
had the lowest vaccination rate in the country a couple days ago. It's probably still the exact same. To get this done is a big deal. And to get 100% is almost unheard of. If you didn't meet that 85% threshold, which for a while there looked like it was inevitable that almost wasn't going to reach that, that's a competitive disadvantage. All those different programs, all those different teams that reached that 85% threshold was going to have an advantage going into Saturdays. Had Ole Miss forfeited any games because of this, everybody would have been upset. So to be that program in a state where the vaccination rate is so low, I think is a really, really important thing and a really strong statement to be making. And kudos to Lane Kiffin and the rest of the staff for getting it done. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, man. I mean, I think that, um, you know, kudos to the team for, for, um, you know, willing to take that risk to get vaccinated, even if you're uncomfortable with it, you know, to, to go, to go do it, um, you know, just to, just to, you know, avoid potentially getting any games canceled. I mean, I'm right there with them. I, I honestly did not want to get the vaccination at first. And then I just gave in and did it. I'm like, man, I mean, it just, I think it's the correct thing to do. Um, whether you're scared of it or not, which I was terrified. Um, but I went out and did it and I, I had no symptoms, no, haven't had anything since. So, um, I just think it's the safest thing to do. And, um, you know, I, I kudos to our, our team for, for the ones who, who didn't want to, that they had the courage to do it. And, um, you know, hopefully this helps our program and, um, helps keep people safe. You've been in those locker rooms before to have a uniform decision made to where a hundred percent vaccination rate comes about. Is, that's a pretty rare thing, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you have so many guys in a locker room and it is, it is nearly impossible to get everybody to coordinate on the same opinion. I mean, m- most issues have a, you know, a, have a lopsided way. You, you can never really get everybody hundred percent on board, no matter what it is. Um, so yeah, to, to have them all come in and, and do that, I think it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, people started doing it and then everybody else was like, you know what, man, I mean, my, it, it probably brought them comfort knowing, Hey man, like my, my brother, my teammate did it. I know I am a little scared, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do it as well, because um, because I think it, I think it helps the team, and and, and what, I mean what I did when I got mine, honestly, and, and I hope I hope this is the same thing that happened with those kids. I just called um, I knew an infectious disease disease doctor, just called and said, hey, cut all the political crap out. Tell me the tell me the facts. Give me the science on the vaccine. You know, help me be comfortable getting this vaccine. And, and you know, this is a guy I trust very much, and he just kind of ran over. Hey, these are the risks. This is what it is. This is, this is the science behind it. And honestly, it made me kind of comfortable. I was like, you know what? I mean, you have the same risk when you get the flu shot, um, you know. So it's um, it's one of those things where I, I, I'm hoping that they, um, you know, they all felt comfort in doing it, doing something together. And that's what got them to 100%. And that, that, that's probably what happened. Yeah. One thing I've heard a lot is people say, well, just go talk to your doctor. Well, what doctor is going to tell you not to take the vaccine? I did it. My wife did it. And I'm just trying to get back to normal because I tell you, man, I can't go into another year with cases spiking like they are, everything getting shut down again. Because I was in this house for a year and a half, man. Everybody was impacted. Many of you adversely impacted and really hurt in far more important ways than just me being stuck at home. But it did make this job a lot harder. I think I learned to appreciate those opportunities I get to go to Ole Miss Athletics events and to get to talk to the people I get to talk to and do what I do. Because this job can, like any other job, wear you down in many ways it's easier to deal with the day-to-day things that get you frustrated when you learn to appreciate it when it's gone. I just don't want to go back to that. So all the props in the world to Lane Kiffin and his staff. And one thing that was important that he noted was that they brought in 
disease experts and doctors just to talk to the players and give them all the information and let them make a choice. It's not like he mandated it because I get where players are coming from because this virus has not impacted their age group like it has starting with mine on up. So to be able to take that dive and make that choice, that's certainly something that they deserve to be commended for because that's not an easy decision to make. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree, man. I mean, I think it's a, um, it's, it's a cool, cool thing that they all did together. And, you know, hopefully everybody is, is, um, is safer than they were before they took it. And then we can get on and play a football season. That's what I'm saying. Can you imagine having to go sit in Vaught Hemingway stadium, wearing a mask and doing like, no, you stuck. I'm not again, man. Not that again. was honestly, that was honestly my motivation. I'm like, man, I'm a, I want to try to go to some games this year. I want to, you know, and, and I had COVID and I had some family get it. And, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, man. Like there was like a day or two in there where I was like, all right, I feel like oddly bad, like, like not, not like anything I've ever experienced. So, um, kind of like one of those things, like, man, I don't want to get this thing again. And it, you know, spiked to some, something really bad. So, um, you know, Hey, if it, if it helps my chances, um, you know, symptoms wise and all that, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever. I'll take my chances on the vaccine. Uh, which, which is crazy for me. I, I never, I got my first flu shot ever last year. So I'm not into like the back. So me, I was terrified. So, but I, I ended up doing it and, and hopefully, um, hopefully that, that helps, helps the risk and helps, you know, things get back to normal where we can go enjoy some Ole Miss football and, and stop worrying about all the crazy stuff going on. Well, here's what Kiffin said. He, he said, I think it's irresponsible to not get the vaccine. I realize I'll be criticized for that, but I just do. So he's taking a stance. Good for him. You know where he stands and he's principled but, in that stance. So. Listen, here's the, here's the thing that in America right now, you know, we obviously want to go on this road, but I respect Lane's opinion. Like that's, that's the that's thing right. that, that people, that's, that's the thing that people are missing nowadays. Like everybody can have an opinion. And if I don't like it, it doesn't mean I hate you or I have to bash you. Like, I don't, I don't care that, you know, people shouldn't care that what his opinion is. And he has a right to have that opinion. Just like the crazies who, who are the anti-vaxxers have, have the right to have their opinion. And I respect them too. I mean, everybody has their reason. Everybody has their why. And, um, everybody should respect everybody's opinion. This world will be a better place. I will say this, my whole COVID story before we move on, because I don't want to talk about this anymore. Um, my COVID story is back February before everything hit. David and I both went to Nashville, David Johnson. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit. And David, everybody remembers this, he almost died from it. And that completely changed my perspective on everything. But I was sick for like 20 days, late February into March. And I went to see the doctor. And my doctor said, well, it's not the flu, it's not really pneumonia. We think it's a strain of pneumonia. Well, before we knew what COVID was, that's what they were diagnosing COVID with. So I had COVID. And I remember I went to the SEC basketball tournament. There was only two beat writers there. It was me and Parrish Alford. And we're sitting there, and Keith Carter walks up to talk to me. And as I'm answering some question he asked me, or we were talking about something, he kind of interrupts me. And he goes, well, uh, Ben, you all right? You don't sound good. I was like, oh, man, no, I don't feel good. I haven't felt good for a while. But my doctor said it's just a strain of pneumonia. He looked at me like, oh, God. You sound terrible. Oh, a strain of pneumonia? Yeah. Yeah, you, you've got COVID, man. Anyway, that's the whole discussion about vaccines. Kudos to Lane Kiffin and staff for getting it done. Now Ole Miss is not going to have any threat at all of forfeiting games, and that's what you wanted to see. But fall camp opened on Sunday. Two practices in. The third one happened this morning as you're listening to this podcast, or maybe it's already happened as you're listening in the afternoon, a day later. Whenever you're listening, three practices in is what it's going to be after this Tuesday. So knowing that, let's go to the lead. Our lead story tonight, The Lead. You idiot, it's The Lead. The Lead. 
The lead brought to you by Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our title sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. And no background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who's highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Fall camp is underway for Ole Miss football. A number of notes I've gotten written down. First and foremost, what have you been looking out for? Um, I was I was really interested to see the um, whole Plumlee ordeal. You know, I, I was you know wondering whether whether or not he would be with the um, you know the wide receivers full time or working in quarterback. But it sounds like he's full go, man. I mean, it sounds like he's in a battle to be a starting slot, which. Um, which I, I was, you know, talking to a coach, um, the the one that's mainly behind this, and I, I, I was like, man, I got to see it. I was thinking more of a, you know, move him around, um, kind of do some crazy stuff with him. But they they think he's got the potential to be a legit slot. I just didn't. I've never really, just really seen Plumley like go out there and make cuts and do do certain wide receiver type of stuff. So, um, but apparently they're pretty high on it, and um, and and they think he'll have a chance to be the starting slot, which I, I didn't see that, but. That's why I'm not not a coach. I don't I don't really know how um yeah you know, really never really seen Plumlee do you know wide receiver type of stuff. So um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool to um, to see him just full go full on wide receiver. So that'll be cool to see how he um how he develops there and if he can be a playmaker for us um, in some sense, which I think he will be. I actually think he'll be more of an all purpose guy. But um, yeah, it, it, I think that's going to be a cool story all throughout camp. Well, if Monday was any indication, there's nobody really competing with him right now for the number one um, snaps in the slot. Jalen Knox, he's out. He's not going to be able to be eligible this year because he transferred in from Missouri and he has to sit. So, J.J. Henry, he might be a candidate. There's some guys like a Dontario Drummond could slide in every once in a while. Jonathan Mingo's played there a little bit. If Monday's any indication, he's far and away the number one guy. He's the leader to be the slot. Now, obviously, we've got to see what he looks like running routes consistently. But we know what he is when he's got the ball in his hands. That's the one thing we do know. So, if he can prove to be competent as a route runner – there's no doubt he could be a real weapon for them in the passing game because I was looking at something not too long ago and actually got to my message board before we talked about it on this podcast. But if you look at losing Kenny Yaboa and Elijah Moore, Kenny Yaboa, you talked about this before. In the first three games, he had 15 catches for 335 yards and four touchdowns. But in games four through eight, 12 catches for 169 and two touchdowns. Elijah Moore, he kept rolling. And had he played his final two games, I think he's already got the single-season record for catches but he would have set more records had he kept going. But he stopped, and obviously that proved to be the right call because he ended up going to the Jets in the early second round of the NFL draft, got exactly what he wanted out of it. But if you look at this roster, replacing Kenny Yaboa is not going to be nearly the task, not even in the same ballpark of tasks as replacing Elijah Moore. And it's not like John Rice Plumley is just stepping in and becoming the next Elijah Moore. He's one in a number of guys that they'll distribute the ball to to make up for that lack of production. But I think it says a lot that they didn't add anyone at tight end when we thought they were. Casey Kelly is about a month out still, but they like Chase Rogers. Hudson Wolf certainly looks the part. You can see where he can add some weight, but the size is really good. But they've got enough there. Demarcus Thomas is another one. Enough there there to where... I don't think they're going to lose all that much because they showed with Casey Kelly in the Outback Bowl, they don't really need a dynamic talent. Not to say that Casey Kelly isn't talented. He is, but he's certainly not some dynamo out there. You don't look at him and go, wow, now that's an NFL tight end. 
You can see some flashes with Dawson Knox. You can see some flashes with Kenny Yeboah. You don't see that with any of this group, but they're basically saying that we believe in the room and we don't believe that there's such a step down from Kenny Yeboah to the guys we've got on the current roster that we need to go add someone. Trey Berry, they could have had him and they passed. Elijah Moore, you're not going to replace him with one guy. John Rice Plumley, can you lead the group in the slot? Sure. But it is a big deal that he's not taking any quarterback snaps. Kincaid Dent is no doubt 100% the number two guy. Now, he wouldn't be the guy if, God forbid, Matt Corral went down. They would prepare Luke Altmyer because he's more talented. But in a pinch, it's Kincaid Dent. John Rice Plumley is no longer a quarterback. So the question that we all had all throughout baseball season, going into June, it's been answered. For the longest time there, we all thought he was transferring out, and we understood. He could have gone to Southern Miss. They had a spot for him, go back home to Hattiesburg, play baseball, be the starting quarterback at Southern Miss. Instead, he decides to stay. He's going to play an important role for Ole Miss baseball again, and now he's a wide receiver. The question is, can he be competent enough as a route runner? And that's going to be something that how long does it take? Can he be ready by the season opener? Or is that something that's going to be a developmental ability for him throughout the entire year? Yeah, I think, I think he can certainly be ready. I, I think, I think there's, there's a couple of things that play into that. So um, the, the one advantage he's going to have is he's going to really know the plays better than everybody else because as a quarterback, you know every route, you know kind of what the quarterback is looking for. So he's going to have a real advantage in that sense of knowing where to, where to set in the hole, where to, where to make your break, how to, how to create some room with the quarterback. So that's all going to be A++ for him. Where he's going to have to to really really focus on is man you saw it in the in the outback bowl like his first passion like that i'm telling you people don't realize how hard it is to settle your eyes and head head down when you're going out for a pass everybody can catch it's like everybody got good hands but man when you're coming out of a break and you gotta you gotta get your eyes calm and, and to see that ball because man it is, it is 90 miles an hour when you're running that route you make your cut you come out when you turn around i mean it's not the vision's not as clear as you think that ball's coming on you pretty quick and man, there was there was a few that I, I mean I know this because I, when I switched to tight end, I did. I mean, I ran crazy amount of routes, more than I ever did as a kid, anything in my life. And man, when you come out of that break and, and you you're you're only there's only so much space in, in a route where, where where you're open. There, the difference between being open and being covered is very very slim. And that ball is coming when you come out of that route, and you have to you have to find it with your eyes. So that that to me is one thing that takes a minute to get used to used to. And I think he'll, you know, the more he does it, the better off he'll be at that. But man, that's one thing that when you get you come out of those breaks, man, your eyes are a little bit fuzzy. You kind of got to keep a, a calm head and be able to see the ball. So so that that's one thing I think that will, will take him a minute to adjust to. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask you kind of stole my thunder because you didn't go from quarterback to wide receiver, but you did go from offensive line to tight end. You never played it before. Now, obviously, you caught some passes at Ole Miss, but it was kind of more of a gimmicky thing. You've always had good hands, but every guy out there has some hands. It doesn't matter. You can pick, like, the third-string center, and he's got some hands out there. They're the best athletes on their former team, so they're going to be able to catch the ball. But the question is, can you put it all together? And I was always fascinated by the idea of people saying, well, just move him to here. This isn't video games. It's easy to move John Rice Plumley to slot receiver, wide receiver in NCAA 14 if you're still playing in 2021, and I am. It's easy to do that. <laughs> But in real life, completely different perspective. On a football field, he's used to seeing football one particular way. He's yep. used to being the one that's delivering the ball, too. So now to be on the other end of it, to run a clean route is hard enough. But then to run that route and turn your head and have the ball on you in a split second and catch it and pinpoint it with your hands. Because there were a couple times in the Outback Bowl where he caught the ball with his body. Of course he did. He's never done this before. How long until he looks like he's not 
a player being moved and playing out of position? Yeah. When did it feel natural to you? I think it took me a, you know, I think it took me at least through camp. And then I I would say midway through the season, I really started making some cool plays and kind of, um, kind of getting after it a little bit. But the, the, the thing about it is, man, I mean, another thing that people don't, don't realize is so, so, so like you just said, you have your football, um, the way you see football, because the position you play for so long, you have a routine, you know what to expect, you know, what's coming. Um, you know, you know, Hey, this day I'm getting better at this. I'm going to do this. You kind of, you kind of got it. You're, you kind of got a visual of, of what your day is going to look like as a football player and what you're about to go through, you know, it's coming. Well, when you switch positions, man, it's a totally different routine. It's a totally different. I mean, that was another thing like coming out as a tight end. You don't know what the, what the, what the, you know what? I never even focused on what a tight end does. All I know is that during team periods, he'd be beside me every now and then I took, I took in no account of what they were actually doing during the day. So you go out to practice right now. I can tell you exactly what he's feeling. He's like, okay, this is okay. This is what this period's like for a, for a, a, a slot receiver. Okay. We're doing this. Okay. Now we're doing one-on-ones. Now we're doing, it's just a totally different day, you know, for compared to what you're doing at quarterback. Um, so, so that, that's kind of probably what he's going through now is, Hey man, I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to, to develop a consistent routine, know what's coming, know what, what periods I need to get better at, know what periods I need to do certain things. And, um, that that's probably what he's going through right now, if I had to guess. So buy or sell John Rice Plumley being a leading receiver for Ole Miss out of the slot. Mm, I mean, it, it's hard to say. I, I, th- I think we do. We don't have that Elijah Moore, that big time guy, but I think we have a bunch of quality guys, which, you know, hopefully all those all those guys together will, will, will help. You know, if the tight end situation it turns out to not be great, we can do a lot of ten personnel and and we have a lot a lot of depth at wide receiver that that's quality players um, that that they can kind of fill that role by by going more ten personnel. But I can, um, I mean, I, it, it's just hard to tell, man. I mean, I, I think he I think he does well. I think they're going to use him a lot. Um, I still, I mean, I know, I know they're pushing the slot. I still. It's still, I still got to see it to believe. It. I really want to go out to practice and watch him, kind of run routes and kind of see how he moves and see if he can kind of create space with his feet because that's that's a really important thing for a wide receiver. And that's actually one of the hardest things to do is kind of kind of get guys off their mark and create some create you know get yourself open with your feet. Um, I got to kind of see it to, before I kind of put an opinion on it um, live. I know I know he did it in the bowl game, but you know it's one of those things, man, where you, I want to see it like you know. I want to see it up close to kind of see what, what the potential looks like. I, I know they, I know they're really high on it. They think it's going to be really well, but I still see him as like a, as a kind of just all over the field. Like, man, when he's on the field, kind of a Taysom Hill kind of deal, maybe not, maybe not as much as he is at quarterback, but kind of like a, you know, let's get the dude, the ball any which way possible. And uh, let's let him work. Cause when he gets it, we know what, we know what he can do with it. But the thing is with Taysom Hill, if you watch saints games and I, I'm not a saints fan, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I do watch Saints games. Cause I love the NFL. If you watch saints games, Taysom Hill, when he runs routes, still looks like a quarterback running routes. Yep. So I'm I curious agree. when John Rice Plumley does it, if he ever does, doesn't look like a quarterback running routes. Because in the Outback Bowl, which is the only thing we have to go on outside of practices, and I'm telling you now, there's nobody challenging him for the number one spot in the slot. I think they're trying to make him into the number one slot. Now, will that work? I don't know. I don't know who the other candidates would be. But Jonathan Mingo, Dontario Drummond, Braylon Sanders, Ja'Core Pearson – Brandon Buckhalter looked the best of any of the wide receivers of the freshmen that has come in. Braylon Brown was out there, but then he came out. I think he had an ankle injury. But Brandon Buckhalter, you said he looked good. He does. He looks really good. And Braylon Sanders is high-pointing balls, making great catches. Danish Jackson's looked really good. Made a tremendous catch on Sunday. Contested catch, out-jumped everybody, high-pointed the ball. If we get a Danish Jackson breakout year, 
that would be a lot of fun because he's one of those guys that came in with a lot of recruiting pedigree, a four-star prospect, an in-state kid, and he hasn't done anything yet. Everybody's been waiting for the Dennis Jackson breakout. If it were to happen this year, the year after Elijah Moore is gone, that'd be the perfect timing, but so would John Rice Plumley actually being good. But going back to the Outback Bowl, that's all we got to go on. So when you think back to that, what were the positives? What did you like about him as a wide receiver? And where were the things where you got, oh, okay, this is where he's got to get better. If he's going to stay here, this is where he's got to get better. Going to get right back to Bradley Sal in this edition of Talk of Champions after we hear briefly from B&A Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Well, I think if you look after his first route, I think he ran like a wheel route and missed it. Um, he, he, it was kind of like what I said. I mean, it's just one of those things, pinpointing the ball in the air while it's coming at you while you're running, looking back. You know, it, it can be it can be a little bit challenging. It can be I disorienting, can it? Absolutely. Like I mean, vertigo it, you're dealing with or something? Yeah, well, I mean, whenever you're battling, coming out of a break, a guy's on you, you have to make a move. And as soon as you come around, um, you know, whether it be a hook or, a, you know, you're breaking somebody down, trying to trying to stick knot them or something, it's, you know, it's one of those things where the ball's coming. I mean, when you turn around, I mean, it's not like you're just seeing this clear picture. I mean, you're seeing this this kind of disboggled, this deboggled looking look to the ball and then it just hits you right in your hands. I mean, um, especially game time. I mean, when you're warming up for a game, the ball's just like on you and you hardly even see it. But, um, I, I think some of the positive you saw was how how competitive he is, and, and I mean, dude made some dude made some big catches in that game. He had like eighty something yards receiving or something crazy. Um, and and I, I think he had, I mean, just just all based off of him only doing that for a week or two. Um, I mean, I, I think the the positive is he, he he got the ability to do it after after one week. What's he gonna like through a whole camp? So. Um, yeah, I think he's um, he, he's one of those guys that, um, that that could really have a big year. But if you look at the wide receiver room in a whole, um, you know, a lot of these guys, they only had one year in this offense, and they didn't even get a camp or a preseason last year. So the guys like Dennis Jackson, the, the Mingos, those dudes, man, that they really may make a big jump this year because they, they, they've had a whole year with Lane and them. 
Um, you know, cause, cause before, before Landon got there, we didn't really have a, a, a passing concept team. So all these guys really got cheated, you know, like they were there, they didn't really get to develop under, under the rich rod offense, any guys that were here. So last year was kind of their first year and like a, like a pass heavy, you know, really wide receiver development type offense. I can really see these, some of these guys really breaking out and having a big year and, and, and taking a big jump this year. And you may see a guy like a Dennis Jackson or a, or Jaden Jackson or one of those guys that you're really not thinking about come out and be a pretty darn good wide receiver for us. Yeah, and there's precedent for that too because remember in the first year freeze, Vince Sanders hadn't really done anything. And then with the new offense and with the quarterback that could get him the ball, he took a step. And sometimes it just takes guys a little bit of time. Vince Sanders was one of them. Maybe Dennis Jackson is like that. And again, it would be like the perfect time to do it because you lost Elijah yeah. and no one guy's going to replace him. And think about this, Ben. I mean, th- think about a lot of these guys when they were young, first got here, whichever ones were were the um, Rich Rod, Matt Luke era. When you're out there practicing, man, I mean, they they, they were getting probably very minimum reps on like passing concepts because yeah. the way our offense was designed. Well, now as I mean, you go out there now, dude, they're getting a gazillion reps where they're it's running the tons. It's the full of route tree now. Because back mean, in Rich Rod, I think it was like three routes per guy. Un- unreal. I mean, and and they're probably not. I mean, judging off where offense was. All the plays in practice wasn't like they were going going hand running running routes. So now, I mean, it's a, I mean, they're getting ten times the reps that they that they ever would have would have gotten their first couple of years. So yeah, I mean, I think you're gonna see some guys develop here. One thing that I love about this offense and the philosophy is score from far because Rich Rod was like score in twelve plays, twelve to fifteen plays. They're just trying to score and run as many plays as possible. And if they score on one play or two or six or seven, eight, nine, ten, doesn't matter just whatever play is there. And it fits the personnel that they recruited because it was funny to watch Matt Luke and Rich Rod recruit to a scheme and land guys that didn't fit what they were doing. John Rice did at quarterback. But if you looked at the personnel, Elijah Moore was nothing in that offense. He didn't fit at all. If you're going to run that effectively, you just need to get some good blockers at tight end and maybe move some of those guys out, some big wide receivers that could block. Because if you're looking for the small athletic types or the uber-athletic types like a Dan Shack who's got a lot of athleticism to him. Like Jonathan Mingo fit what they were doing because he could block. He's a bigger guy. He looks more like a tight end than he does a wide receiver out there. But Danish Jackson, he didn't fit that at all. So you make a really good point. There's no way we can judge a guy like that yet because of the offense that he was learning under and developing under when he first got here. That set every single one of them back. Then the pandemic hit. So how can you really judge anybody yet? Even a Jonathan Mingo who we're all kind of not necessarily down on, but we all expected more out of at this point, and he hasn't brought it yet. But that's not necessarily to say that he's not going to bring it next year. It's hard to judge these guys like we normally would because of the offense and its archaic nature under Rich Rodriguez and then a COVID year. So even in the first year under Lane Kiffin, remember too, another good point that you made, Lane Kiffin got here, didn't get a spring with them. Really, the first time he got his hands on them was in fall camp. I do think, and it could be completely wrong. You tell me if I'm wrong. It could have been that they ne- didn't necessarily run the full playbook either. Because one thing he said, okay, I'm going to give Elijah Moore the ball a lot. He kind of had to condense some things and just say, okay, these are my playmakers. Kenny Yaboa, Elijah Moore, anything else, it's just added. It's just added bonus. It's plus, it's a cherry on top. But Elijah Moore, we're going to run the offense through him. That's what I know I can do in four weeks. Now they've had spring, summer, going to fall camp. They can open everything up. So maybe a player like Jonathan Mingo, who they maybe would want to explore some different things with, run some plays for, or Dennis Jackson, or Braylon Sanders, when healthy, might not have been given that opportunity because of all the circumstances last year to where this year 
They can do anything they want. I don't even think we've seen yet what a fully capable Lane Kiffin offense at Ole Miss looks like. And that's a scary proposition considering the eye-popping numbers they put up last year. They were limited in what they could do going into the year and what they could put in. And maybe when they tried to expand some things out, that's when it became a little bit problematic. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I think if you look at last year in the scope, um, you know, really really all you had that was proven was Elijah Moore. You didn't even know what Kenny Uboa was going to be. So I think Lane was doing what was smart and saying, hey, I know this dude's a legit player. I'm going to run everything through him and hopefully some other guys show up. Whereas this year, I think you see some guys taking a big jump. I really do. I think that um, – I think you, you you don't have Elijah Moore, like I said, but you have a lot of guys that have been in this offense for for a whole season. They kind of kind of get the gist of it, and you got you got a lot of guys. I mean, you got a lot of guys that have played in games that can make plays, and it's almost like, hey, you either want you know Elijah Moore or you want a, a whole whole slew of guys like 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 I think we're going to have, especially with some of these freshmen they're excited about too. So. Um, I think you're going to see the ball spread around more, and I think it's been stated before that um, you know it, it's going to be cool to see to see Lane uh, adapt to, to to his personnel. This this will be a cool you know test of what kind of coach he is, and and most of the great coaches like him, they ended up um, you know making making it work with what they have as as he proved in the LSU game, as he proved in the in the Outback Bowl. It didn't matter. It was it was kind of a hey. Um, you know, this is this is the scheme. It, 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 as long as you you do what's in the scheme, no matter if you're Kenny Bo or or um, the Kelly kid, uh, you, you know you, you're going to make plays. You're going to put up some numbers because I'm I'm going to out scheme this defensive coordinator. The signs of summer are here: freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss, anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone, from pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable, and my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com slash TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com slash TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do you buy this offense as a plug-and-play offense? 
Um, I mean, it, it obviously helps when you have a great player like Elijah Moore or, or uh, um, you know, a, a really good player. You got A.J. Brown. Yeah, that's going to make a big difference. But, you know, schematically, at, at the end of the day, man, all these guys are great athletes. The coach has to be the difference in, in, in the scheme. And I experienced that when I was with Bruce Arians. He was by far the best schematic um, you know, coach I've ever seen. He would always go out and draft a guy that fit that could do things that he thought worked well within his offense, you know, whether it be a speed guy, whether it be a, a burner, whether it be a good route runner, whether it be somebody in the slot that can block, like he always matched up the talents with, with, with what he was trying to get done. And it was crazy how prepared we were going into games. And a lot of that was because of how good he was at scheming. And, you know, if you, if you get a guy wide open off of scheme, then I mean, it, is it, is the player that good or is the scheme that good? I mean, there's a lot of, there, there was that, that was a lot of things when it, talking to a few scouts, the reason why some of them were skeptical of Elijah Moore was because he was so wide open a lot of times, which was, which they was really crazy. They dinged him for that? But that, that, that was some comments I seen, which I thought was crazy. And now I think they're starting to realize, Hey, we passed up on another, another Ole Miss receiver that's about to go off in the NFL. That's just insane. based off of, Cause he ran a good yeah. route and because his offense schemed to get him open. That's what you're supposed to do. What was what no, that? What is that? N- no doubt. I mean, it, there was a few comments in there. Was, hey, the offense was hard to judge. Well, then I started thinking, well, damn, that's a really good coach. You know, that's 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 what that is. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's like a plug and play, but I, I think the scheme is it can take care of um, take care of a lot of things. It can really help some guys out. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that as long as you have a good, talented player in there, he can produce. Uh, it, may, it may not be an Elijah Moore or AJ Brown type of talent or or, or you know whatever, but you know, if you got a good serviceable player in there, I think they can, they can produce at a high clip as well. What a ridiculous thing to ding Elijah Moore for if you just watched the tape you could see how good he was as a route runner so if he's getting open he's doing what you want him to do it's like they're trying to find a way for him not to be that good what are you doing that yeah makes no well sense. It, it's no different than the quarterback situation you know they judge a quarterback hey it's a stat friendly offense like that's you know one thing about scouts and, and and different personnel and this is this is the right approach to have is is they try to they try to make they try to find reasons not to draft you. So, so that, that, that way they, they know, you know, what, um, what the flaws are that, that they want to convince you not to be drafted, um, to their personnel. So that way you know, they can cover their own a, but at the same time they, they you want to look for all the negatives and, and, um, you know, tr- try to, try to make you not, um, you know, whatever, you know, they, they, they want to make it where you, you can't, you know, freaking produce. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things where they're looking for the negative, and that's um, that that's their job to, to to limit the risk. That is so stupid. Oh my gosh, that is so stupid. Okay, well that kind of threw me off for a second there, but I brought it up because of this. I am one that will always bash Rich Rodriguez and the idea that in 2019, I guess it was, that you could think that that offense that was only good in the early 2000s could suddenly be good 15 years later again bringing it back. But I will give it credit for one thing. I get what Matt Luke was trying to do. I don't agree with it, but I get it. He was trying to forge a particular unique identity for Ole Miss that they could recruit to. Now, that's going to turn off wide receivers and all that, but that's a completely different discussion for another day. I at least respect the approach of trying to be unique. Lane Kiffin is unique unto himself. So he goes to FAU. To be good at FAU like he was, he had to have an offense that was personnel non-dependent. It didn't matter what he had, the personnel that he had, he could win with it because he is the difference, like you've been saying. He has to be the difference. He has to be the difference because he's not going to get the best athletes at FAU. Ole Miss is certainly a huge step up from FAU, but it's still not in the upper echelon of 
the SEC. You're not Alabama. You're not LSU. So if you're Ole Miss, you do have to have a unique offense or identity unto yourself as well. And that's what Matt Luke was going for. It was a terrible idea to make it Rich Rod and his stupid offense, but at least that's what he was going for. And Lane Kiffin, that's why he fits Ole Miss so well. Offenses like his, they're the new norm. There's what everybody's running in college football these days, but his is unique in how they go about their stuff. I don't think people quite get how different they are. So if you had to basically explain to people how unique and why Lane Kiffin is unique as far as his spread system compared to other ones, what's the easiest way to explain it? Well, I think it's just a lot of misdirection. I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of um, different options in the offense, and and I would think I think this the, the way he matches up, um, you know, the route tree, the coverage that that teams are giving you. Um, I just think it's tough. I think it's tough on defenses. I think it's tough on defensive coordinators, which is why I think Ole Miss gets a lot of that. Um, well, while they started getting a lot of the drop eight, is because man, I mean, I'd really just zone you out then then mess around and get crossed up on a, you know, a post with a, you know, so some kind of different variation in the route. So I think that it's just, um, it's one of those offenses that, that gives you a lot to digest, um, you know, especially with some of the misdirection. I mean, you got guys going one way and, and stuff flowing out the back door, especially some of the screens. I mean, uh, some of the stuff, it just gives you, you just gotta be on your keys as, as a defense. So, um, I just think it's a, it's a, it's a lot of different, um, a lot, a lot of different misdirection in it. We've already touched on it enough, so let's do a full round of it. It's buy or sell. Idiot! Get back in there at once and sell, sell! It's buy or sell brought to you by Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge, Jeep Ram of Oxford. The car buying process can be overwhelming, especially right now with the pandemic still going strong. Believe me, I've been there. Finances, they might be tough. You're just looking to get the best deal anyway. And if that's the case, to avoid the headache, head on over to Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Oxford. They're gonna take care of you and get you in your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory is priced to sell and what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Make sure to tell them Talk of Champion sent you. They're hardcore old Miss fans. They're going to talk about fall camp, but more importantly, they're going to make sure that the process is as seamless as possible, that you get the car you want at a good price. So contact them today at 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger, Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rim of Oxford. To find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep, Allen Samuels, let's be friends. Okay, so some of the notes I've jotted down, let's start with Tywon Malone, the decorated freshman defensive tackle. He was wearing a black jersey on Tuesday, meaning no contact. He had to leave the field for a little bit go to the trainer's room when he came back out, was wearing a knee brace. He had ACL surgery, I think, in the fall of his senior year. So buy or sell Tywin Malone making the impact, the immediate impact you probably thought he would make just by going off his tape and how much you fell in love with him during recruiting because that was your guy. Yeah, I don't know that I was aware that he had an ACL injury, which that, that can always um, prove to be pretty tough. Most guys actually the first year back from it struggle a little bit, and then usually you see the year after where they – where they kind of come into their own. So it, it'll just be a matter of how his um, rehab goes and how, how well he recovers. But usually an ACL for a bigger guy is a little bit tougher. The, the, the smaller guys can usually recover a little bit quicker, but when you got a little weight behind you, it, it takes a little longer. So um, I'm going to sell it for now, but um, I wouldn't be shocked just based off of, based off his talent, some of the um, stuff I've seen on film for him to come in maybe late in the year and, and provide an impact. Casey Kelly a month away, most likely, by this current tight end group producing 
at an equal or similar level enough to compensate for Casey Kelly and Kenny Yeboa not being back. Buying this current group, Chase Rogers, Hudson Wolf, Demarcus Thomas, Jonathan Hess, Luke Knox, buying that group, being able to get it done if it's a month, if it's a little bit longer without Casey Kelly. Um, I'm going to buy it, and and I, and I think that um, j- just all based off a few comments I've heard, uh, uh, I think the Hudson Wolf kid they're pretty high on. Um, I think what's going to happen, they may give a couple of other guys some shots, but um, if if not, I think you see Hudson Wolf in there, and they're they're probably just just kind of put him in the fire early and get him some experience, and maybe he's the future of that position. But like I said before, if if the tight end position does not produce, I think you're going to see a lot more ten personnel because we do have a, a lot of wide receivers that can produce and you're going to see, you're going to see, see more of the run game. So um, yeah, it's, it, it's one of those things where I, I think it will, we'll, we'll just have to see. Um, but, but at the end of the day, if, if it doesn't produce, I think there's some other things he can do. It does make you appreciate what Evan Ingram did as a true freshman, even that much more. Yeah. Very, very talented guy. Um, you know, he came in, I don't think he was one of the, that class. I mean, he was just so overshadowed in that class, but he turned out to be one of the better guys. Um, in it and you know he he was special man he could run and um yeah that's tough for you it's tough to, to teach speed so brandon buckhalter looked the best of the new wide receivers on monday buy or sell him or the field for being the most productive of the newcomer wide receivers um i'll, I'll take the field on that i think that um i think you'll see i i, I it just all depends on on how these other guys i just think it's gonna be hard for the newcomers to to get a whole lot of get a whole lot of burn, um, especially when you got Drummond, you got Dennis. Yeah, you just have a lot of guys in front of them that they have some experience this year. And I think if you see one of the freshman um, wide receivers, that means he was extremely special to come in and be able to jump over those guys. So I just don't think I think you see him see a lot of those guys very sparingly. He did get the spring though. Yeah, he yeah he was here in the spring. So, but I mean that they were split up a lot during the spring, and there was mainly going with the young guys. But um, yeah, I, I think that. Uh, like I said, I think if you see one of the freshmen a significant amount of time, that means one of the other guys didn't step up or, or um, you know, may, maybe struggle a little bit. So I, I, I would hope, I would hope those guys are saved for later. But, um, but you know, may, maybe there is a guy that's that special in that group. But I, I know they are excited about Buck Holter. They're loaded at running back. Jerion Ely and Snoop Connor looked every bit as good as you'd hope or think they would look, especially in the opening days of fall camp. Are you buying that as the one-two punch, or do you think they're going to do like they did at the end of the year and it'd be more of a Jerion Ely-Henry Parrish duo or tandem? Well, I think all three guys will have a, have a, a significant role. Um, I, I do know that that Parrish and, and Ely fit the offense a little bit better, but I, I know that, that Snoop is a, is a hard runner and we are definitely going to need him. Um, I think he's a, you know, me, you know, me, I think he's talented. I, I think Snoop is, is as good as any of them, but, um, I think you're gonna see all three of them in a different role. And I think that's, I think the run game is gonna be a huge part of the offense this year with, with a lot of those guys getting involved with a lot of different stuff, because like I said, Lane's going to adjust this offense to use the talent that he has. And when you don't have a, a first, second round receiver, like we've been blessed with for the last some odd years, you're going to see a lot of different stuff. You're going to, you're just, his goal is going to be to get the ball in these guys' hands and let them make the play. So I think you're going to see a combination of all three. Cedric Johnson looked really good, in my opinion, will be the best of the pass rushers. And I think he's getting overlooked for how good he was toward the end of the year last year and the development that he made. Are you buying or selling Cedric Johnson as their best pass rusher in 2021? Um, I'm gonna have to sell it. I think I think he'll be productive, but I think that um, you yeah, know, if Sam Williams is out there, I think he'll be the best pass rusher. 
Um, I just think he's got too much talent um, to, to not be. But um, yeah, I, I can certainly see him being a being a big piece of, of the of the defense as well. But that's just one position, man, where you'd like to have a solid three guys that can that can come out there and, and get after the passer and. Maybe your fourth guy is more of a run guy, but um, yeah, that, that's a position we would love to see somebody step up. It would be a huge plus so we can get some pressure on the quarterback. I hadn't heard rave reviews about Isaiah Eitan and Jamon Gordon after the spring. Not that they were disappointed, but they just weren't wowed by what they saw out of them. But on Monday, Sunday, they looked like you expected them to look from the get-go. So are you buying one or are you buying both of being plug-and-play instant impact guys? Uh, well, I'm going to buy it for for the reason of, of that we just the depth there is is what it is. You have a whole whole bunch of guys that you're looking for to step up, and you know I think that that you got to be careful judging guys off the first two days until you get on full pads and 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 see kind of kind of what it looks like. Especially, man, I mean it, it's it's hard to block guys in shirts and and spider pads, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see as camp goes on and and you know w- what it looks like. But yeah, I think they're they're guys that are going to have to play. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'll go as far as saying it: if they're not in their plan, then um, then we'll we'll have some issues. First team defensive line was Sam Williams, Quentin Bivens, and T. Tisdale. Yeah, that's um, I mean that those are guys that have experience that that are um, that are coming that came back. You would hope they've got better and. And we'll get the first crack over over the the newcomers, and and, and it's up to the newcomers to up their game and and push those guys and create create a, a good competitive rotation there. Austin Keys really impressed me. Jumped out making a few plays. Jacquez Jones transferred to Kentucky, the leading tackle for Ole Miss last year. Austin Keys really jumped out to me. Are you buying Austin Keys or selling Austin Keys as the most surprising productive linebacker? Not Chance Campbell, not anybody else. Replacing Jacquez Jones, him being one of the guys stepping up, buying or selling him in 2021 as a productive breakout candidate. Uh, I, I'm going to sell that one as well. I, I think that, um, I mean, yeah, I, I just think that what you got, obviously you got like Henry, that they brought, they brought Chance Campbell in for a reason. Um, I, I think that, you know, just, he's just been so productive at a high level, uh, at a, at a higher level of, of, um, you know, obviously being in the big 10, I just think that, I mean, I, I don't know, I'd, I'd have to see him, I'd have to see him a little more to kind of, kind of put a judgment on him. But man, I just, if you're, if you're, you, know, you got, you got Muhammad Sanogo too. So, um, there, there, there's, there's a few guys there that, that, you know, it's gonna be, and our defense isn't going to be a, a linebacker heavy defense. So, you know, where, where do those guys fit in? Where do they play? what's their playing time look like. So um, if there are linebackers out there, I'm sure it's going to be the guys that were that were out there last year. He looks a lot different than everybody else because the rest of them kind of look the same. Ashanti Seastrong doesn't look like Momo so much, but they're more similar than Austin Keys. Austin Keys has got that more athletic build to him as a linebacker. So in that respect, he does give you something different because Chance Campbell, he's stacked now. The knock on him was he couldn't run all that well, but he looked fine to me. I don't know anything, and I don't pretend to be some expert, but he looked good to me. So I do agree with you that they're going to – I mean, that's a hand-picked DJ Durkin guy as Chance Campbell. So knowing that, you know he's going to play and play a lot. The question is, if Austin Keys does impress, how many snaps are actually there? Because if you're running a four-two-five or a three-three-five, whatever it might be, how many snaps are there for Austin Keys to take? Because Jacquez Jones saw that. That's why I transferred out because he had a guaranteed starting spot pretty much at Kentucky with his former assistant coach and John Sumrall. He looked at the depth chart, saw what it was, saw that they brought in a hand-picked guy in Chance Campbell from Maryland and decided that, oh, my snaps are going to be diminished at least. So let me go to a place where I can play pretty much every single down and that's Kentucky. Because you usually don't see a guy like that transfer out. And it was a surprise to Ole Miss, but that's why he made the decision that he did. So I can totally buy that. Orlando Umana 
Started at center. We all knew he would. The Utah transfer. Ben Brown's back at right guard. He was on this podcast last week. Go listen to that interview if you want to. He talked all about the offensive line. Buy or sell Orlando Umana being the every game starter, assuming he's healthy, for Ole Miss in 2021 at center. Well, I'm, I'm going to buy it because that's what they really want to happen. And I know that for a fact. Um, I did see Lane's comments speaking on, you know, he's um, kind of got to get used to the tempo and the way the, the center thinks and offense, which that's all normal. That's all. I mean, you can't expect a guy to come in and, and, and be right on tempo knowing exactly what they I mean, it's going to take him a minute to get used to it, but that's what fall camp's for. You know, he'll, he'll get time to adjust. And, and I think another thing that if I'm inside this kid's body, I know that um, I know exactly what he's thinking. He's probably like, man, this heat is something serious. And you're doing the up tempo. You're coming from from kind of the West Coasty type area. <clears throat> that, that this heat's this heat's gonna be a little different for him. And um, yeah, I just think that um, I, I think he'll I think he will be the starting center. But I think right now what he's gonna be going through is is, is trying to get up to speed on 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 how this this offense operates and and how the tempo is. Um, you know, just get, just getting in shape in that in that sense. It was so hot on Monday. There were so many guys going out with cramps. And you've been in that Mississippi heat, man. You know how it is. You know how it is trying to go through practice and that. I don't know how y'all do it. And I see a lot of coaches out there wearing hoodies, wearing sleeves to protect from the sun. I don't know how, like, these coaches don't pass out wearing the stuff that they're wearing. I don't know how they do it because it is insane out there right now. And it hasn't been all that hot, it feels like, in July. We've had a handful of days where it's been 86 is a high, 88. Monday was not that. Monday felt like August, miserable, throwing it back to when I was a senior in high school and we were playing in a pit, practicing in a pit in New Albany. So down there was like 113. It felt like that on the fields. It felt terrible. I don't know how you do it. Well, you just got to realize that everybody feels the same way. So They, they, they did have these tents set up for these guys to get in the shade a little bit if they had a break, but no guy was utilizing it. It's like they didn't want to show. It's, for example, in baseball, when a Major League Baseball player gets hit with a pitch, he doesn't want to show that it hurt. Same thing here. You don't want to be the guy that gets in the shade. Just get in the shade. <laughs> Just get in the shade because I would be I'd be living there on my breaks because it was miserable. Yeah, you got to be smart in these situations, man. I mean, it's not the old school Bear Bryant days or whatever where they're, they're, they're giving dudes the water hose. I mean, this is some pretty serious heat with some pretty, you know, intense battles going on i mean there's i've seen some dudes go down and be out for a little while um dealing with the heat so um yeah it's 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 one of those things where you get through you get tougher everybody's feeling the same way and um you know mo most guys about you know a weekend can can hardly move so the practices get a little slower and a little sloppier but you build some character and you callous yourself and um you know when you get to the game it feels feels much easier than those practices that was by yourself nothing earth shattering but well, that's what you expect from fall camp this early. Did you see the uh, renderings of the renovations expected for the Manning Center and the Grill at 1810? Did you see those renderings? Yeah, it looked it looked really cool, man. I was, um, yeah, I was obviously hoping that we would do a, um, you know, kind of one of those deals where it opens up straight to the field. And I know that they were they were looking into that as well. It didn't didn't quite work out that way, but I think that that we have enough space to create a really cool weight room over there on that side of the the, the facility. Right now, they have to do this. This is the most important thing on campus because football is obviously the money driver. They need to get something done with softball and a bunch of other things as well. But for me, it's smart that they're fast-tracking this because the Manning Center, this is something that you're going to have to update constantly. It's not going to be, okay, we poured millions of dollars into it in 2022 or whatever, whatever it's going to be, and then sit on it for 10 years. It's going to be like an every couple of years thing where you're constantly 
adding and updating different yeah. aspects of it because it, it's fallen behind the times. If you look around just major college football right now in the locker rooms, there are these palaces now, and Ole Miss is finally catching up to that, and it looks good. The one thing I really liked is how they're going to kind of expand it out and move the ceiling up. It's going to have all this natural light pouring in. The weight room is going to be huge and natural light pouring in, and the locker room is going to be what locker rooms look like now, which is effectively – it's like a club in there. There are all these fancy yeah. different amenities and things like that. The lighting's kind of – you're setting this ambiotic kind of red and blue that you'll be doing if you're Ole Miss at LSU. It's purple and yellow when you walk in there. Hell, if you watch, like, Liberty, Freezy's got Liberty's locker rooms looking like that, looking like what they look like. Now, they don't have the same type of uh, resources Ole Miss does, but Ole Miss is now going to be looking like that because if you walked into Ole Miss's locker rooms now, you would see what we're talking about. They look dated. And I remember back when they first did the renovations or built the damn thing, and you thought, wow, this is second to none. Not 10 years later, here we are talking about how it looks out of date. This is something well, we're going to have to constantly update. Yeah, absolutely. The key with the times. And the weight room is by far priority number one. Ben, I, I, went, in there, I went in there the first time in, in years. And the, I got here in 2007, and not a thing has changed. Equipment, anything. It's so, the exact same. Everything um, is structured the exact same. Listen, the, these weight rooms now with Sorenex coming in and designing all this stuff, I mean, they're, they're just the, the, the weight rooms that they have now are just absolute phenomenal. They're, the racks are much more like you can get a lot more out of, out of the space in each rack. And it, it, the weight room is so important. And we are we are at that. We are below bottom of the barrel weight room wise. So that that this has to be addressed and has to be taken care of ASAP. Yeah, I need to get Keith Carter back on this podcast because I wonder not only about that, but also the stadium, what they've kind of figured out about that and what other things they might be doing. Because as you're building things for softball, as you're fixing things for other cursory sports in regards to making money, football is the only one that really brings in cash. Basketball could, but Ole Miss fans don't care enough about basketball. But football really brings in all the money. So if that's your bell cow, if that's your moneymaker, you have to pour everything into it to make it great. And the Manning Center, it's kind of shocking how quickly it became and also ran. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. like You think about it, though. Like that was 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. time goes fast, man. I mean, I was, I was here in 07. So, I mean, that's, that's a long time ago yeah, now when it comes old, to, man. when it comes to innovation and, and, and moving the right path, it's just, it's just time to put a little money into that in the weight room, most importantly, because that's probably the one thing you use the most, uh, of anything. Yeah, that uh, can't uh, fall behind, building. man. That can't fall behind it, ever again. That cannot fall behind. That's the one thing, man. Even more so than the stadium. I mean, you go in the stadium, what, seven, seven times a year, and it is awesome to, to do that, but man, when when it comes to the players and their experience, your a lot of your your college experience is experienced through the weight room and and inside the the locker room. So those two things have to always stay top notch. All right, we got to get out of here. We're going to end it with this. We had a mailbag in mid July. We're going to do another one in the next week or two. Trey stuttered on Twitter, asked this question. I said I would ask you on the next podcast, and I didn't. Then a couple of weeks went by, and I forgot. So ask Brad. How much is okay to bet on Ole Miss minus seven and a half against Louisville? I don't know if the line's moved. How much should he be comfortable betting minus seven and a half for Ole Miss? Um, I think based off what Louisville lost and and, and what we have coming back, I think it's safe. Uh, I mean, I, I don't listen to my advice. I don't. I don't do sports betting. I I, I just don't. Uh, I I just been around sports and I, I've yet seen you it. play the stock market. Uh, now the stock market, I am I am heavy on. I wake up every morning, you know, four o'clock, watch pre market. It's crazy. But as far as sports betting, man, I just, you, you, I feel like I know. 
I almost got into sports betting um, when I retired, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give myself a trial. I'm going to do 10 games. I'm going to pick it, no betting, but I'm going to see how I would have done on those 10 games. And these are games I felt like I was 100% confident in, and I swear I went like two and eight. Like, like the, the spread make the spread makes everything so different because it's so close. It's like amazing how close Vegas gets. Like Vegas but knows. It, but it, if I were betting my own money, my own whatever. I would. I, I think that I think we're going to beat Louisville by, by more than seven. There you go. Um, you hear Bradley uh, Sal saying, "Bet your life savings for Ole Miss to beat Louisville." Yeah, I, I, I would take that bet. I mean, I, I think we beat him by more than a touchdown. There you go. All your life savings. But, but, I mean, it, it's it's probably going to come down to a touchdown. Um, it'll probably be like six. We'll probably win it by six points, and uh, or we'll probably win it by eight points, and we'll 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 take a safety at the end of the game to only win by six. That that's how that's how crazy the, the Vegas betting is. So, Vegas knows. Yeah, it's it's wild. He's Bradley Sal. This has been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. If you haven't already, subscribe, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. We're found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. For all of your fall camp Ole Miss football coverage, thanks, buddy. I'll see you Thursday. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.